WDBM East Lansing. Welcome to the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact Exposure. In the next hour, we'll guide you through Spartan Sports, your favorite Detroit teams, and beyond. Call in with your thoughts at 517-432-3893. And now, let's kick off another hour of Sports Talk. Well, welcome into the basement. As usual, it's Monday night, and it is 7 p.m., and we have a full house tonight. None none other than a special guest who is making me laugh right now. Her name is Leah, and she is the roommate of Brigitte. Not the roommate of Brigitte, who won Miss Michigan this past weekend. Brigitte, can you tell me a little bit about this? Um, Well, my roommate, Kelly Best, went to Port Huron this weekend, and she was competing for the Miss Michigan pageant, and she actually took first place, so she will be competing in April in Nashville, Tennessee, for the title of Miss USA. Hey, so props. Look, we have some superstars in the basement tonight. If you're tuning in, the number is 517-432-3893, but the phones will not be open for a minute because we have a special show tonight. What nice hat, Juan, Detroit cap. Is that pine tar I see no, uh, <laughs> under not, there? It's not pine tar on my hat, man. Where do you, where do you, st- where do you store man. your pine tar? Man, at, I, don't, I don't do pine tar, man. I don't believe in cheating. But I believe in producing the best sports show. I possibly can. So tonight, listeners, for your pleasure, uh, none other than Maurice Sager of the Dallas Mavericks will be on with us this hour, along with starting point guard of the women's team, none other than number 24, Rene Haynes. And later in the hour, we will talk about Kenny Rogers and this so-called substance on his hand. Usually, substances are being injected in the major <laughs> leagues, but apparently, Fox found a substance, and it's been talked about all day, so we'll talk about it as well. But... Shout out to B-Hood and Idris for the 6-0 and Chicago Bears. They had a bye week, I believe. Yeah, they did. So they remain 6-0. and Best in the league. Um, my website is www.sportshort.blogspot.com where you can read my articles about the up-and-coming events in Detroit and East Lansing sports. But we must begin with the top story of the weekend. I'm sure you heard it. I'm sure you saw it. Michigan State football. Down 38-3. to to Northwestern, the catfish of the Big Ten. <laughs> we are down thirty-eight to three. First of all, you should not be down thirty-eight to three to Northwestern, but nonetheless, history unfolded itself, and the Spartans staged the greatest comeback in Division One A history. First, we'll go with the lady, and maybe ladies if they have a thought. Brigitte, your thoughts on the historic comeback of the Spartans? Well, I was ready to turn the game off after the third quarter, but I'm so glad I left it on. Um, like you said, they shouldn't have been down 38-3 to to begin with. But you have to give them a ton of credit for coming back. And Give who? Where does the credit fall? Not with the coaches. I think with the seniors probably doing some inspiration, talking. Half t- you think halftime was an, an intent? You think key. somebody gave a nice little speech? Who, who could it have been, Juan? Let's narrow our choices down. Okay, let's do uh, that. Sir Darian Adams? No. No. <laughs> Carrie Reed? No. Um... I'll I'd I'd say Clifton Ryan. I'll take Cliff and and on the, for the defensive end, and I'll take Drew for the offensive end. Outstanding. Yeah, Coach Smith today at his press conference. Sorry, I do not have any audio from that press conference. Uh, we don't have a mini disc recorder tonight, but we proceed. I took hand notes, so uh, this is all arbitrary through me. But Coach Smith said some things were said in that locker room at halftime, and obviously, it did some motivation. I'm not sure if John L. mentioned his mortgage and moving company coming. <laughs> no, no, no. 
But obviously, John L's job is is secure as of today. Duan, do you agree? No, not at all. I still say he's out of here at the end of the season. We'll get to the. We'll get there in a minute. Okay, where where did this win come from, Duan? What what turned this ball game around? I think it has to do with Northwestern's collapse more so than you know Michigan State actually turning around. They made a lot of critical mistakes. They started playing safe ball, which went away from what they were doing to build that lead that they had. So that really played into Michigan State's favor. All right, if you do not know, Drew, Michigan State quarterback Drew Stanton nominated for All-American Player of the Week. And along with Troy Smith, he has been named the Co-Offensive Player of the Week. And Dewan shakes his head with pine tar <laughs> on his hat. But nonetheless, uh, we move forward. Uh, who deserves the credit? You say, Brigitte says, the players. I say, John L. Smith, baby. No, no way. Can't be. <laughs> How could you not give it to the head coach? At least some credit is due to John L. Smith. He He's kept this team together. All this controversy, all this drama around Michigan State football, people calling him a head case, all this negativity <laughs> from the Lansing State Journal, my friends down the, down the street there. You know, John L. Smith kept his troops together, kept their heads up. They're, they're on a three-game losing streak. But he kept his troops together. He is the head coach. He could have just tanked it and said, you know what, my season's over. I'm going to get fired. But he kept his head up. And he said he still thought they could win that game down 38-3. to I mean, any coach is always going to say they believe that the players always, they always can win the game. You know, a coach will never come out, especially not on national TV, with the publicity that's been swarming around. You know, this university didn't come out and say, I don't believe I can win a ball game, especially against the team. When you're down 38-3 to in the third quarter. I mean, coach's job is to be optimistic, even when players aren't. That's that's part of being a coach. So some credit does fall on, you know, to John L. As, as with any coach, especially with a comeback like this. You can't totally knock him since this, you know, the greatest comeback ever, you know, in Division One A football. So, of course, some credit does go to him. But I still say the majority, being at least 70%, falls on the players. Well, we're good to go here on the Sports Rad. The number is 517-432-3893. If you'd like to join in, we'll talk anything Tiger Spartans to get it going. The phone lines are now open. Our engineer is back in service. He had to take a quick run out to the parking lot, but he's back. Kevin, as always, on the ones and twos, whatever you'd like to call it, the board, the mic. Hey, he does a great job. And we are the Spartan Sports Rap. I'm Dan. He's Dewan. And here we go. Where does the credit fall? We say the players... I say somewhat the coaches, but let's get specific. Player who? I'd have to say a key play from none other than Travis Key. Yeah, Travis gets the walk-on. The walk-on. Travis gets But, you know, actually at that point he was actually riding momentum. I, I'd rather take Drew Stanton, even though I think. Drew Stanton? Even though I think. Really? Yeah, even though I think like his co-player of the week and all that stuff is just hype. But he It's actually, just hype. He actually, you know was the initiator for that comeback and turnaround. So I'll say that that gets the most credit because anybody can hop on a bandwagon. Folks, last time I checked, 27-37 to 37 for 294 yards, uh, two touchdowns, and running is not, not hype. That's performance. And that's, that's what have, has nominated this past game of the Spartans to the Pontiac Game-changing performance. <laughs> no lie. They yeah, are not, I know. They are nominated for that, as is Drew Stanton they for All-America Player of the Week Award with John Beck of Brigham Young, Brady, the you know poster boy Brady Quinn, Rutgers running back Ray Rice. How good has Rutgers been playing? Hey, they're terrific. Wow. They're terrific. I'm wow. I'm but... to knock off West Virginia. Oh, yeah. that What a showdown that's going to be yeah. out there in the East. But the quarterback completed 73% of his passes. 
when the state news is ragging on Drew Stanton a week ago for his completion percentage going down right. from 66 to 60. Well, Ethan Conley and you guys over there at the state news, if you're listening, you probably are because you never look at me at press conferences anymore. But when you have a depleted offensive line, when you don't have protection, it all starts up front, right? And line. drops. In the trenches. Drops. And your receivers drop the ball. You can't. That's out of your control. Right. It's out of your control. So that, that can explain your lack of... Dropping percentage. Consistent completion percentage. Right. But for my lack of slow speaking tonight, geez, we move forward. So, Travis Key and Drew Stanton. Do we, are we really... We're, let's talk about receivers. We're talking about drops. Do we, are we really missing Matt Trannon? Not at all. I mean, he was, that's a, that's a bold statement, Duan. That Matt Trannon holds the single game record for receptions here at Michigan State. If you didn't know, <laughs> yeah, I know. I was actually there and witnessed them feeding him those sc- screens and quick slants, you know, to to pad the record book. You know, I actually witnessed that against Eastern. So, but okay, we are missing a downfield blocker, but that's about the extent of it. Five one seven four three two thirty eight ninety three. We're in the house with Dan. That's me, Duan Brigitte. Say say hello to the to the radio audience, Leah. Hello. Wow, that's just a cute voice, you guys. I wish we were on television, and the rookie remains silent for the hour. But <laughs> no. I wish I was on television. Oh yes, you do. You you're on Facebook, and that's enough. <laughs> but Drew Stanton, Travis Key, don't overlook the play of and leadership of Drew Drew Stanton, and I meant to say Clifton Ryan. There you go. And Dave Heron Jr. Dave Aaron Jr. is being overlooked. He has really stepped his game up in the Big Ten play. And him, he is right behind Otis Wiley for leading the team in Big Ten tackles. And that's where it all really matters to me. Yeah. Co- conference play. Wow. And could could we get into our performance in conference play? <laughs> we could. Uh, Michigan State last in sacks with eight. That's on the season, Dewan. That's terrible. Only one in Big Ten play. Our more. opponents have 12. Otis Wiley, bright spot of that D. Fifth in the Big Ten in tackles. Otis is going to be in the NFL when? After next year? If he continues consistent play and improving his sophomore, goes after his junior year. Uh, It depends on how risky he's feeling. If if, if I were him... Stay stay four. No, not stay four. He he could almost enter after this year. Dewan. He Hold on, you're, you're getting, you're getting hood rich on me, brother. No, nah, not at all. You're, you're seeing dollar signs, he man. Could, he could almost enter after this year. He, okay, let's see. What what happened? Who was that cornerback from Michigan two years ago? Think of it. You can't even think of his name. Candidate to be an All-American. Didn't get drafted. Think about it. What's his name, Juan? Your boy's, your boy's in the maize and blue. I, I don't know. It escapes me right now. <laughs> it escapes you. That's right. It escapes right. me right it now, It escapes man. you. Too many young guys make the wrong decision to enter into the draft, whether it be NBA or the NFL. And you, you, we, see, we see it happen every year. Dar- oh, Darius Washington of Memphis, prime example. Prime example. Just got cut by the Dallas Mavericks. He stays another year. He's a lottery pick. Yeah, that's that's the truth. We well, see Marcus it's not Taylor basketball here. season yet, but coming up later in this hour, this hour we do have Maurice Ager of the Dallas Mavericks joining us. And hopefully, Reenie Haynes of the women's team if they're out of practice. But we are not practicing. This is the real deal. You're listening to the Spartan Sports Wrap. We're going to take a quick break. I know it's early, but when you come back, the phone lines will be open. It's 517 432 3893. Stay with us. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9 The Impact. 
Attention shoppers, if anyone is missing a rather plump set of love handles, please come to the customer service counter and claim them. The ample love handles were lost in the produce department where their former owner had purchased fruits and veggies to munch on during the big game. Thank you and have a good day. Small step number 81, snack on fruits and veggies. It's just one of the many small steps you can take to get healthy. Learn more at www.smallstep.gov. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to the Impact Primetime, Primetime, where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week. Saturday nights from 8 p.m. until 2 a.m., tune into the cultural vibe to hear the best in both local and national hip-hop, plus live mixing on the ones and twos. Only on Impact Primetime. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9, The Impact. Phone lines are open at 432-3893. And now, back to Exposure. Welcome back to Exposure. More importantly, you're tuned into the Spartan Sports Wrap. It's Monday night. And if you do not know, we've been podcasting our shows at www.impact89fm.com. Click Podcast and click Archives of the Spartan Sports Wrap. You can download Dewan and I onto your iPod or your computer and listen to us all day and all night. <laughs> but nonetheless, we move forward in our show. Special guest in the house, Leah, tonight, roommate of Brigitte. Making things just that much more beautiful in the show tonight. Thank you, Dewan. But Michigan State football, we're still on the. How can that's like Miracle. Antichrist? That was <laughs> you, you know it goes unorthodox. It is it goes against everything Michigan State football stands for. That win actually, no, but I was I, I was so happy to stands for Michigan State football. I man. was so happy to see us get that win. To see John L. Smith cry when he talked about Drew after the game. When I asked John L. Today at his press conference, if his relationship with Drew was the closest he ever had with any of his players, what do you think his response was? Yes. Oh, he said no. He said no. He said, my relationship is close with all of my players. Oh, politically correct. And my relationship is close with all of my listeners. So 517-432-3893. Give us a call. Kevin's ready to take them and plug you right through to the show as long as you don't say anything bad about Kenny Rogers. Psych. <laughs> Cheater. No. Who knows? It was a foreign substance. We'll talk about that later. All right. The Spartans are now at 500. Uh, Bobby Williams at this time was just about the same, but $1.2 million cheaper. Right. But nonetheless, John L. Smith is still our coach and still the coy person he is. Exactly. But we take a look at the season. We're 4-4. Four and four. How many legitimate losses do you see out of those four? It's my show. I'll start. I say there's one legitimate loss on that team that, that we lost this year. We lost the Illinois game. You look at who we've played. We've played the number one and number two team in the nation, back-to-back. We're supposed to lose those games. We played number 11, Notre Dame, albeit we gave the game away. That is still the number 11 team in the nation. We lose against Illinois. That's one legitimate loss. You with me, Duan? I'm almost with you, but I gotta say that's four legitimate losses. All those losses on there are uh, okay, okay, okay. I give you I give you I say three. Give me You'll three. give me Michigan and Ohio State, right? Yeah, Michigan and Ohio State are legitimate losses. I mean they're they're powerhouses, they're perennial powerhouses. They get the better players so, throughout so the country. So how can people get so mad at John O. Smith? I don't understand it. Well how can you get mad at a coach that well, we keep it real on the sports rep, right? That's the truth. No we have no commercials. We can say what we think. We have no there's no bottom line here with money. So we can say what's on our mind. Here we go. Michigan State is a mediocre football program. 
Without a okay? doubt. We're striving to be the school in Ann Arbor. But we're not there yet. So people need to be satisfied with where we stand. We're a mediocre football team. There's teams worse than us in the Big Ten. And I don't know if they're complaining down there. But be satisfied with being in the middle of the pack. And that, that's where we stand, Juan. These people think, you know, albeit, I thought at the beginning of the year we had a stellar team. Javon Ringer gets hurt. We'll talk about how much he's hurt us, contrary to what you think. <laughs> okay. But, Brigitte, talk to me. So, do you think that people have too much of a high expectation on Michigan State football? Well, I have to disagree with you on that. Because if you settle for mediocrity, that's all you're ever going to be. If you, um, like, what's the word? If you aim higher, you're going to definitely, like, fall. Even if you fall a little bit shorter than, <clears throat> excuse me, what you initially aimed for, it's definitely going to be better than be- being mediocre. Brigitte so. Optimistic Sheroyan in the house tonight, and I'm right to the phones. Welcome to the Spartan Sports Rep. Welcome to the Spartan Sports Rep. How are you doing? Well, obviously, you need to turn down your radio and give us a ring back. <laughs> that's what that's what happens when you, you listen to the radio at the same time you call us. That happened. Trying to hear time. themselves on, on the radio, I guess. People playing tricks on us tonight, Duan. <laughs> I don't like it. They got us two weeks ago, <laughs> and again tonight. They, they pump-faked me on the phones. I, I went for the phone, and who's there? Nobody. 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 But who was there for John L. Smith this weekend? His players. So, did this win equal salvation for John L. Smith? No, nah, I can't. I can't. I can't see him still coming back for another year. But you know who's back? The phone line caller. one. Welcome to the Spartan Sports Rep. And once again, we have been pumped. We have silence. <laughs> we may have some technical difficulty with our phones tonight, but as is always, we persevere through difficult times. Here we go, back on track. So, does this win save our season? No, it doesn't save the season either. It. It gets them to a bowl game. Well, it should realistically get them to a bowl game because they only need to pick up two more wins, which is feasible looking at their remaining schedule because the only loss that they are favored to lose is the Penn State game. So they should at least get to a bowl game, be it not a bowl game that they had you know, originally aimed for, something more like the Motor City Bowl. or the. In all know, honesty, yes. In all honesty. So it in somewhat saves the season. They will go to a bowl game, which is something they didn't do you know, in the last couple of years. But... For the expectations coming into the year as far as being a, a serious contender and finally breaking through to that next level for the upper echelon teams, not even in the Big Ten, but in the nation, it didn't really make it. So overall, you know, you can't really hang your head. You know, you can't get too high or too low. But the season, in my opinion, was a bust. After it, it was Dame a bust. Game, this season is not over. This season remains to be played out. We go on the road to Indiana, a beatable team, fluke win against Iowa. Yes, that's true. But they have Marcus Thigpen, friend of mine, ran track against Marcus Thigpen. Yeah, out of Mumford. Fast, boy. <laughs> He's the all-purpose guy down there at Indiana, so look out. You'll hear his name a lot Saturday. But then we come home for two games, Minnesota-Purdue, then back on the road to Penn State. Right. The next three games are all winnable. Very much so. Very much so. And Penn they need State? To get, get at least two out of the three. Penn State? We could still. Do you think, so our one fluke win of the year has passed us, right? Yeah. The one Michigan State, wow, I can't believe we just did that. You know, now we kind of saved ourselves from the embarrassment that is Michigan State football. Right. That win has passed us. So you don't think we have a shot at beating Penn State? No. Last, home, last game on the road? No, not at all. I don't think they have the mental toughness or or the just the, the inner desire to pull that game off to actually beat them in November with John L. 
being John Naylor in November, his record, as how his teams fall apart. I see them doing the same thing. They don't have anything left to play for, especially if they especially if they get two out of the, of the next three, so they already have that one bowl game locked up. I definitely see them folding over and giving them that one. Welcome to the Spartan Sports Rep. Once again. Three times is th- not the charm. Three, three times is not the charm, obviously. So, I dropped the call. <laughs> You know what? People are pump faking us left and They're right, working hard t- taking there. us baseline and drawing <laughs> yeah, and one fouls on us. They show us the whole game today. One, one of uh, someone out there does not like. It's probably the state news calling. <laughs> <laughs> it probably is. It's probably the state news. But you know what? We're gonna take a break and fix this phone problem we've been having, and then we'll talk about the problem that is Kenny Rogers' hand, and talk with former Spartan and current Dallas Maverick Maurice Hager. Stay with us. You're on the Spartan Sports Rep. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9 The Impact. Smoking Helpline. Yes, I need to start smoking right away. Excuse me? I need to start smoking. Well, actually, it's the Stop Smoking Helpline. The people in the apartment next to mine smoke three packs a day, and it drives me crazy. So I'm thinking four packs will do it. I think you want MySmokeFreeApartment.org. It gives you the information you need to work toward a smoke-free apartment building. A smoke-free building? Without all that? Smoking. Uh, yeah, that's right. Make your apartment smoke-free without making a stink. MySmokeFreeApartment.org. When you get up in the morning and turn on the radio, you don't want to hear those other guys talking on your way to work, do you? You don't want to hear talking. You want to hear music. So here at The Impact, we are making you a promise. We're calling it the More Music Morning's 89-second play. We, The Impact, pledge that every weekday morning from 8 to 10 a.m., we will shut up and play music. We pledge that we won't talk for more than 89 seconds at a time, meaning more music all morning long. We pledge that every caller who requests a song between 8 and 10 a.m., Monday through Friday, will be entered to win a great Impact prize. And we pledge that in return for your listening to us, we will listen to you and play more music that you want to hear. So tune into the impact for more music mornings. Let us know what to play, and maybe you could win some cool stuff. Only here on 88.9 The Impact. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9 The Impact. Phone lines are open at 432-3893. And now, back to Exposure. Phone lines are not open yet. That guy just lied, whoever that is. Whoever's a little technical difficulty in the basement tonight on the sports wrap. So stay with us. The phone lines will be open shortly as soon as we can figure out what the difficulty is. But Michigan State figured out what the difficulty was this weekend in the third quarter. I don't know what it took. Being down 35, maybe that's that's what it takes. Well, yeah, it took a lot of – it took a – watching the game with – you know, it started with about nine minutes left and – you could slowly see the the progression. They get one touchdown on the on the JU little screen that he runs in. Okay, then you see him get the second one and the third one. Then you start to see the pressure switch back to the Northwestern players to try to maintain this lead, and that's when the whole you know game started to switch. The tide turned, and there were actually more people rooting for State, you know, at Northwestern than actually Northwestern fans rooting for them to to Kinda maintain. Kind of like the Ohio State game. Yeah, right? it looked like you know a flip of last week. So. It was very, very interesting. Like I was totally surprised that they actually came back and pulled it off. I didn't, I didn't see it in them. Leah, how surprised were you? Well, I was in my room, to be honest. Let me finish the story. 
And Brigitte told me how bad we were down, and we were just both very frustrated. And then all of a sudden I started taking a nap, and here Brigitte's screaming in the living room, <laughs> watching the game. And I went out there to see what was going on, and we were we were almost tied, so I kept watching. And thank God for Brigitte's little oh, personal sports broadcasting. I kept with the game, and it was actually very exciting. I was very excited about it. Outstanding. Some excitement within MSU football. (laughs) But injury updates, match ran impossible for Saturday's game. TJ Williams will start, says John L. Smith today. And Nehemiah Wark, knock on wood, says JLS that he will go on Saturday. (laughs) Twisted knee. But whether or not he will switch positions with Sir Darian Adams is yet to be known. But again, this coming week, we're going to wrap up Spartan football here. I've had enough. <laughs> no, Indiana. Look out for Marcus Thigpen. They did pull an upset against Iowa, mm-hmm. but we head to the phones. Cross your fingers, Radio America, and let's see if it works. Welcome to the Spartan Sports Wrap. And obviously, <laughs> I'm left. The streak continues. I'm left tagging. That's the Michigan State's losing, losing streak right there. Yep. We ha- it has to be broken soon. <laughs> so we continue on but before we finish i'm sorry i had to get to this point Juan, because a few weeks back he said the loss of javon Rainer does not hurt us at all because we have ju Colker. but you look at ju Colker. first of all it starts at the top the coaching they're calling the wrong plays for ju you can't run ju to the outside you can't run ju the same plays you ran for javon that's a that's a fact two totally different backs yeah, they're not they're not substitutes for each other but then again, without Javon Ringer. Javon Ringer has played played in five games. He is still our leading rusher. Wow. Albeit we played some cupcakes. bad some some cup I wouldn't necessarily say all cupcakes. Eastern gave a few people some scares, including Indiana and <laughs> Northwestern. So don't put it all under the rug there. Javon Ringer still leads the team in rushing after five games, even though JU sat one, so he's at five. JU's played seven. AJ Jimerson. I'm just I'm I mean I'm not really seeing it from that kid, but he's still young. He's st- he's a rookie technically. Yeah, this so is his first year. He's, start, he's starting to pick up on the blocking, which I like to see, and hopefully all works out for him. But we still are last in the Big Ten in rushing offense, seventy five yards a game, and we're the only team under hundred total offense. This high powered offense we were talking about, where do we sit? Second to last in the Big Ten, behind who? Northwestern. But nonetheless, Javon Ringer, although only playing five games, still leads Michigan State in rushing. 438 yards. And he leads by 65 yards. That's ironic. So it may not get broken for another game. Yeah, that's that's at least one more game. So Drew Stanton, the former head case, as one caller said last week, is the Big Ten Co-Player of the Week and a candidate for the Singular All-America Player of the Week. And... The Michigan State football team nominated for the Pontiac High Performance Play Game, whatever it is. Game-changing performance. And we move forward to Indiana this Saturday at Indiana. High noon kickoff. So check that out. Hopefully the Spartans can stay consistent. Well, it starts with consistency if they win Saturday. And then we, we'll take it one game at a time, says Janelle. Right. This, we'll this could be the momentum that they need, though, to turn around, though. We'll take it one, one, one at a time. So... A segment we like to call Get On My Nerves here at the Sports Wrap. Juan, we let a little steam off. What gets on your nerves lately, Juan? 
Wow, what gets on my nerves? I tell you what gets on my nerves. Old teachers get on my nerves. Old teachers. <laughs> old Explain teachers one. Get on my nerves. I have one old teacher, and uh, I took an exam a couple weeks ago, and I get the exam back, and I turn it in, knowing it, you know I did I did well on the exam. I know it was a good grade when I turned it in. I get it back, and I have an F on the exam. So you know I read through, flip through, in shock. You know, adding my points, re-adding my points. And I come up with a high B, low A for my grade instead of this F. So I take it back up to the teacher. And, uh, you know, he looks over it, apologizes for the error. And, you know, tells me, like, have a nice day. And that was the minute that old teacher started getting on my nerves for just the, you know, the, how can I, I don't want to say nothing too mean. But. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We keep it clean. <laughs> we keep it clean here in the basement. But that gets on my nerves. Outstanding. We will move along the line. Brigitte, what is, in the world of sports, anything, we call this segment Get On My Nerves. Uh, I have a good one coming up, so just stay, stay, stay with us. Brigitte, what is it? Um, is it Michigan State football? Is it this weather, rain, snow? I mean, that, that. this weather is getting on my nerves. It's freezing out. So you, uh, you're looking to move down south and get out of here? Huh? I would like to. But this is a sports show, so I'm going to stick in the world of sports, Duan. What you got for me? <sighs> Juan, you know what gets on my nerves? Sports, sports writers would get it wrong. <laughs> we'll we'll leave it at that, Juan. We'll leave it at that. But no, why am I? I'm still seeing poker on TV. Yeah, that's a consistent. full full tilt poker series. Why do we need to watch poker on TV? I don't know. I told you about the Scrabble I had seen. And un and unfortunately, you know what gets on my nerves? This was the true one. Uh eh, it's it's explainable. But why did our Michigan State hockey team lose? To the U.S. developmental team, eighteen and under. <laughs> these kids can't. These kids can't even like go out to the eighteen and up club in Pontiac yet. Like, like eighteen and under. Yet these kids, they're all going to colleges. It's the cream of the crop of the country. But we lost to the national team. But I cannot read the sign, <laughs> the sign that is put to the window. The phones are out, so. Radio America, no Mo Egger tonight, no Rini Haynes tonight, and unfortunately, no Leah as she walks out the door and says goodbye to the Spartan Sports Rap. But we move forward in the world of sports. That was just a quick segment called Get On My Nerves. The phones are out, but I'm not out yet because I persevere through this, even though we have no calls. Hey, we, we persevere, Juan. Yes, we do. We make it happen. Detroit Tigers, here we go. We saw, most of us saw the game, it's all over the news, some substance on Kenny Rogers' hand. It is not proven to be anything yet, so I can't speculate on that. But I think it was pine tar. Right. Kenny Rogers said it was dirt. Was Kenny Rogers cheating? I believe Kenny Rogers is a cheater. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Explain, Juan, what, on what basis? He's nev he's never been, has he ever been caught cheating before? Not to my, not his, to my So his, his record is clean. His record is clean. No steroids, no, no, no steroids, no pine tar, no ejection. And I don't know, this is the whole, this is the way the whole situation was taken care of. I know when I was watching it at home and I, and I seen, you know, the extra resin, you know, his, his thumb region of the pitching hand, I looked and said, wow, you know, that's pretty visible. I wonder if that's just my eyes. So, you know, I, I tapped a friend and asked them if they were seeing the same thing. You, know? <laughs> you tapped a friend. <laughs> if I was seeing, 
And, you know, they quickly agree, like, yeah. So shortly after, that's when I see the whole spiel, you know, come up on the television about how, you know, what's this on his hand, et cetera, et cetera. And then come back from after the inning and it's gone. You know, you take the break in between the inning as the Cardinals, if they brought it to the attention. Kenny Rogers said in the press conference afterwards that he was never informed by any of the umpires that there were anything on his hand. And he just washed it off because he happened to look down and notice it was dirt on his thumb. The umpires released when they came to their press conference, which was about 10 minutes after his, that they did inform him that there was something on his hand and to stop it from being an issue, you know, if you could just wash it off, whatever's on your hand, because the Cardinal players were not complaining about, you know, the ball moving funny or anything like that. Because for those who don't know what pine tar does, it creates a shadow on the ball, so it makes your your pitches like times like two, to, you know, to sum it up. So why why are you stealing why are you stealing my my line? Oh, Ron? I'm sorry, Dan. I, I had I had a whole rundown on what on what pine tar does. Oh, go ahead, Dan. Pine, pine tar <clears throat> along the same lines of sandpaper will rough up the ball or provide extra grip. With that extra grip, you can throw the ball harder and put more spin on the ball, which creates more of a break on your breaking ball. Balls will cut faster, harder, drop sooner, creating a harder ball to hit. But We'll talk about where I stand on this whole issue. Kenny Rogers still pitched seven great innings without and he anything did. on his hand. He did, and I'm not taking that from him. He's a, he's a great pitcher, pitching lights out. He's the best pitcher in the postseason. But like a lot of people brought up, Kenny Rogers was one of the worst postseason pitchers, you know, on his level coming in. He had an eight point like four one ERA. It's his emotion that's driving him. What has he had to pitch for? He has a whole city behind him. People are getting Kenny Rogers tattooed on their arms <laughs> tonight. Okay. <laughs> People love Kenny Rogers. He's pitching off pure emotion. He's screaming during the games when a ground ball is hit. Turn it. Turn it when they can get a double play. This guy is pure emotion. People are scared of him. His own teammates say they're scared of him. Right. Don't get me wrong. I don't want people to get me wrong. I'm a huge Kenny Rogers fan. I love seeing Oh, him hush, Juan. Don't get me wrong. You, He's just a Mr. <laughs> the Tigers aren't going to make it to the playoffs, let hey, alone win the World Series, which just... they are going to do in six. That's just the way it panned out. I'm still, I still don't believe, you know, just because a couple of years back, I remember the Tigers having over 100 losses, so that still, you know, gnaws away at me, being totally committed to the Tigers winning. But I love seeing Kenny Rogers pitch. Every time he comes to the mile, he comes with excitement, you know, to draw the emotion. It's, it's fun to watch, especially somebody of his age, you know, pitching to people half his age, literally, and still maintaining. So. Brigitte, was, was Kenny cheating? Uh, I think he was as well, and you know, with the success that the Detroit Tigers have had, you don't want to have any of that overshadowed by claims of cheating or anything, but it did look pretty, um, what's the word, help me out, Dan, uh, suspicious. Con- suspicious, controversial. Controversial. And so, uh, you know, if he was, it's disappointing, but it, like par- you said. Is it part of the game, you think? I don't think it's baseball's part of the game. all baseball's all about cheating these days. Yeah, I baseball's see. all about cheating. It might as well just open up the form, <laughs> let you <laughs> what? use whatever you want, take whatever you want, just get more people watching baseball. That's all they need to worry the about. Rookie, at this point. The rookie comes from the abyss to speak to us. Uh I think Kenny Rogers was cheating. He had the stuff on his hand. He but the thing stress stress on the vowels tonight. <laughs> yeah, you like that? But Kenny Rogers is Kenny Rogers stressing. Do you think yeah, he's worried about this? No, it's not his. I mean, it's his fault for cheating, but he's not going to get. He's caught. he didn't get caught cheating yet. He's not going to get caught cheating because he washed it off. There's no yeah. way they can prove in the act that what but it was. They to- never. They'll never know what it was. Yeah, that's why Tony Larusa. If 
he wanted to or should have called out so to is the it, umpires. So is it Tony Russa's fault? La Russa. It should have been, or it is his fault for him not pointing it out. But I don't think Tony La Russa is going to because I think a lot of pitchers use pine tar. And Including that cold weather, Jeff Weaver. Right. That cold Look weather, at Jeff Weaver's hat. Just the cold weather, you're going to need that extra grip to make your breaking ball like it usually is. But the show is not like it usually is. Sorry, folks, the phones are not open, but hopefully next week it'll be taken care of. But we progress in this show. So the blame falls on Tony Larusa for not bringing this to the attention of the umpires and having them inspect his hand before he went left to wash it off. I think the reason it didn't become a bigger issue as far as affecting the game and him actually like getting ejected was because the fact that he did, you know, wash the majority of it off. Like you could still see the outlines of whatever it was set on his hand, what might have been actual dirt at that point, because a lot of pitchers do dirty their hands up to try to get more grip on the ball. But he still came out and pitched, you know, tremendous innings. What, seven? Still pitched seven innings after that? Seven innings after whatever he washed off his hand. Right. So if he had maybe had that for one inning and they noticed it, then he came back the next inning and they noticed it, then at that point it would have been an issue. But it was taken care of so, so quickly and so early in the game when it wasn't, it was still 0-0, it wasn't a critical point. So I guess a lot of the players kind of like, you know, roll with it because they were caught up in so much other things at the start of the game besides, you know, his hand and worrying you know, the, the about car- it. The Cardinals got more hits when he had it on his hand than they should have <laughs> just had him leave it. <laughs> but, and then there's, there's all this chatter about, oh, Kenny Rogers wears a different hat than the whole rest of the team. He wears a flex fit and said the new era, like 5 3, three six, right. five. So does Kenny Rogers use that sharper brim and the black underface to put pine tar, a dark substance that can be easily camouflaged under his hat? I mean, he might, but why do you think? Well, let's take a look at the pictures around the league, and you could see it. Jeff Weaver had a dirty hat. What do you? Where do you think he he fell and his hat just <laughs> scraped the ground, yeah, just no, like Kenny's hand hit the no, ground? There's no reason for a pitcher's you know hat to be dirty unless you you take it from the angle that their hands are dirty and they adjust their hats a lot so that's why the hat is dirty but the reason he probably has the flex fit is because unlike the other players you know his eyesight is more important because he is pitching the ball so when you're playing a night game with the bright lights you do need that extra you know shadow so you can see clear yeah so drop the whole hat conspiracy speaking of conspiracies major league baseball trying to cover this one up to keep the whole atmosphere around the world series positive Yes, it will be a horrible story for baseball at this point Oof, to have what a blow to have a story be. like the Tigers and you know two considered Cinderella teams like the Cardinals and the Tigers playing in such a motion field World Series like they are now to take out the most dominant pitcher for either team. So at, at such a critical point, you it's might all coming. Well, is it all coming down to like we say every time the dollar? Yes, it's all about money. At the end of the day, it's all about the dollar and. Kenny Rogers right now is probably worth about half the ticket sales for every game that he pitches, so you can't afford to lose him at this point. So, Major League Baseball conspiracy, just like we talked about earlier in the year with the NBA conspiracy. No, I don't know about that. Hey, he washed it off. The umpires, it it was all legal. You know, they went through the legalities of it. It wasn't like they said it was pine tar and they let him continue playing. Right. And tough break, Cardinals. Should have had him leave it on. You might have got the ball in play until you got Todd Jones, who couldn't feel the ball. Goodness. That's another thing. I don't understand Todd Jones as a closer. Out of all the weapons in, in, the, in the Tigers' arsenal, why do you have Todd Jones close games? I don't know. He, he makes it happen. So he, he put, a lot of balls get put in play 
off of Todd Jones, which uh, is kind of which scary. is not good for your closer. You're not looking for your closer to have balls put in play. You're looking for somebody who comes, intimidates, and gets those lights out, punches case. three in yeah, a row. Yeah, that's what you're looking for as a closer. You're not looking for somebody to put balls in play. So is there is there a cloud is there a cloud over the World Series um, right a, now due to Kenny Rogers' suspicious substance? It's a small one right now. It's developing. Of course, the media is trying to grab it and run with it and blow oh, it. Oh yeah, we will not do that a, here into a bigger situation than what it was. The fact of the matter is there was something on his hand. It was gone after the first inning, but he still came out and continued to dominate as he has done before. So to his credibility, and plus just the story that Major League Baseball is trying to build off of it, a person of his age and his stature come back, you know, trying to develop and show that he can still do and play at the level that he once played at in his youth. So Yeah, the oldest postseason pitcher to win a game. Right, and the, the third you oldest know. to start. So point zero two nine opponent's batting average. I mean, it's Ugh. a beautiful story. It's One beautiful... for 34 with runners on base this postseason is Kenny Rogers' opponents at the plate. One for 34. That's total dominance right Tell there. Tell him to use pine tar every game. Jeez. <laughs> 23 consecutive scoreless innings in October. Unbelievable. And I think Major League Baseball has also learned from, like, the Barry Bonds whole story. Not to go into that, but it's not good to crush the heroes of your sport. The people who other fans and other players aspire to be like and look up to. It's not good to, you know, badger them and try to bring them down. It's, it's bad for the overall look of the sport. So, Major League Baseball is trying to save face, according to Juan. Yes. Let's talk about the Tigers. Series is tied 1-1. We're heading to St. Louis tomorrow night. How do you think this is going to unfold, Juan? I say the Tigers start off a little rocky, just for the fact that St. Louis is going to be back at home. And, you know, Carpenter, he pitches well at home, so they should start off a little rough. Yeah, Cy Young candidate. Yeah. He's a great pitcher. So they should start off a little rough, but I see them pulling it together probably somewhere around the fifth inning and making a close game out of it. So how many games do we win out of those three in St. Louis? I said they take two out of three, actually. Yeah, that's that's my prediction. I said they they take two out of three. The storybook ends in game six when Kenny Rogers starts again. Yeah. With clean hands. With clean might hands. I add. Crispy clean hands. Might I add, there'll be nothing on his hands. Boy, well, I can't I can't imagine. Let's think. The signs that will be in St. Louis tomorrow. Wow. The signs that will be, at least we don't have to cheat. Um, <laughs> clean your hands, Kenny. Uh, <laughs> I can only imagine. Yeah, they're thinking of some real creative stuff with oh, Kenny Rogers. I'm, I'm sure they, they were. Or they will, but Nate Robertson starts tomorrow night versus Carpenter. 8 p.m. on Fox. And Robertson has been a little shaky earlier in the postseason. Mm, but they've got it done. They always got it done. Like uh, yeah, the game one of the Yankees series. Right. And he's had some time off, which we see time off. Eh, that may have not played so well for the Tigers. Well rested, but they looked a little rusty in game one. But so. Verlander left a lot of heat up high in the zone. Pujols yeah, he was a little it. off. He was a little off. So we don't reflect on the bad. We look at the positive. Series is tied 1-1. We head to St. Louis and we win two out of three. We come back. All we got to do is win one. And what better way to finish than on the old rocky arm of the 41-year-old lefty, Kenny Rogers. It's no better story than to have Kenny Rogers pitch another shutout. Pros are all about that charismatic story. And what did I see this weekend? The Andrew Jericoulis story (laughs) on the New England Patriots. The My My Wish series on ESPN. Brought chills to my spine again. I bet it did. Again. Brigitte. Talk to me. What are the Tigers going to do down in St. Louis? Can we get two out of three, or do you think we'll get all three? What's the deal? Um, I wouldn't say all three. I definitely think they can take two out of three. 
you know, just their pitching has to be on the ball. Their defense, they cannot make as many errors. Um, as long as they put the ball in play and, you know, their defense backs them up, I definitely think that they can take two out of three in St. Louis. So you think we'll finish in six at Incomerica Park with Kenny Rogers? Uh, I would like to think so. It'll just depend on how they play. But, uh, I agree with that. Know, but I definitely hopefully, think they... Yeah, hopefully the storybook season can go on and the media can calm down with this whole pine tar on the hand thing okay everyone does it if it if it even was pine tar no one will ever know what it was right but kenny himself and they had dusty baker he was on tv you know talking today you know he used to coach with the manager for for the uh giants giants yes for san francisco giants i'm sorry and you know he he former player and now general manager he says high as 67 70 60 to 70% of major league pitchers at some point in their career use pine tar you know, so <laughs> it's not like it's something that's brand new. It's been around for a very long time. And Kenny Rogers, he might have got caught a little bit with a hand in the cookie jar. But <laughs> at the same time, he could, he came out and, and pitched solid. So you have to give him credit. Yeah, don't don't put a cloud over his head when he just blazed you for eight straight goose eggs. Right. I kind of wanted him to see, see him go the complete game. I don't know why he didn't yeah, go the his pitch game. count his pitch count was at 99, and he went for over 110 when he pitched <laughs> Last in the against the A's tremendously again, but I would like to see him over Todd Jones complete that game. Yeah, but at the same time, you know, we weren't there, so we don't know if he asked to come out or whatnot. Not but, true. But as a manager, if you have a player that's that's performing at that level, I think you owe it to that player to let them make that decision if they want to finish or not. So we will see. Come tomorrow night, eight p.m. on Fox. That's what I meant to say. What got on my nerves earlier, Juan? Have you been watching the World Series? Yes. Have you seen the pregame show on Fox? <laughs> who is that? Who's, who is that Dumb and Dumber guy in the middle with the shaggy hair? I don't know. He's... <laughs> he, he looked. At, he looked intoxicated, and I, I, you know what I'm talking about. This guy's jumping around last night talking about how he's going to go watch the game on the plasma in the van. Like this guy is out of control, and Fox is paying this guy probably a over hundred over hundred thousand dollars is my estimate. The, to get this guy in the air, and he was just hilarious to me. Well, you know, I, hey, maybe they're going. And they're for complaining a new look. about the weather in Detroit. Yeah, it's going to be hot come come Friday. Mess around and be seventy for Game Six. Yeah, well, look out. That's that weather. But so, who's the X factor for the Detroit Tigers, Juan? In these last few games of their of their season, obviously, we're in the last five games. I have to take Monroe. See, man, I have to take Monroe. He's, he's two home runs in yes, the World Series so far. He's been the big hitter. Last last player to do that since your guy Barry Bonds, and he has in five and two. Yep, you know he has five home runs this season. He always gets that one big hit to start the run and starts the rally to open the floodgates that they always need. So he's one of the purest fastball hitters in the game right now. So I'm looking for him to really penalize them if they make another mistake across the plate. Who has been your biggest surprise so far of the World Series? Biggest surprise. Uh, Other than Kenny Rogers. Other than Kenny Rogers. I'll probably say Pudge's poor performance at the plate. That's been a a huge surprise for me. I expected him to come out and really try to, you know, wrap up his career and get this maybe last World Series underneath his Hall of Fame career belt. So I expected him to come out real aggressive, really getting some hits and putting the ball in play, and he's been nothing but an out, so... Hopefully he'll turn it around and get it together. Yeah, see, get in the groove. Still, that's what you. That's what you have a whole lineup for. Right. You know, you can you can supplement where you know you have a detriment. So 
hopefully Pudge can pick it up, and the Tigers can. If Pudge picks it up, we'll be all right. He's not a big power home run hitter, but just putting the ball in play will help put that number, what, seven? Yep. Number seven batter on, on base for the Tigers. Number seven. So, Juan, your prediction for the series, brother? I'm going to have to go with the Tigers in six. Tigers in six. Wow, look at Juan. He's I'm going to have to he go with the We go around to the yeah, rookie. Yeah, I'm aboard, man. Talk to me, kid. I know you're from Indiana. So who are you taking? I'm going to take the Tigers as well in six. Uh, when Kenny Rogers pitches in game six and goes four and a third shutout innings, he will have the record for most shutout innings in the postseason. And it's been 101 years since right. that record was set. <laughs> and so they'll say, oh, it's Pine Tar that helped him do it. You're right, right, right. But, Brigitte, talk to me. Um, if the Tigers can take two at St. Louis, I definitely think they'll win it in six. But if they go one game there... Um, I think it'll be in seven. The Tigers in seven. Yeah. So we have a unanimous decision here that the Tigers are going to win the World Series. I hope it goes in seven, though. Oh, now that would be storybook. I just, I just hope it goes in seven. Just... Pu- no, Pudge, Pudge remains hitless through the series. Yes. Gets a home run, his only hit of the World Series in the bottom of the ninth. Couldn't get any better. Could, I just, just the, just the electricity in the atmosphere that would be. You know, surrounding the game, it would just be. It, I would just enjoy it more if it went to seven. But I think it's going to wrap up. Major Major League Baseball would enjoy it more if it went to seven too. That more might inspire, more money might inspire a young four or five year old to put the the basketball and football down and start playing catch with father. So I doubt it. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> kids, kids are all about hooping these days. Basketball, basketball. But hey, this is the sports wrap. We're going to take a quick break. Stay with us, even though you can't talk to us tonight on the phone. Sorry about that. We persevere, and we'll be right back. Stay with us. You're listening to Spartan Sports Rep. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9 The Impact. For some high school students, school can be a dangerous place. A lot of gamers look at you as a game member, too. For some, just being in school can be a struggle. I wouldn't go to school. I didn't care about what my mom said. My mom would tell me, like, what are you doing for yourself? You're not doing nothing. But despite all the obstacles, inside every high school student is a graduate. People look down on you if you don't have a diploma. I want to graduate because they say I won't. Go to BoostUp.org and find out how you can help a friend, a son, a daughter finish high school. BoostUp.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Army and the Ad Council. For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to the Impact Primetime, Primetime, where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week. Tuesday nights from 8 until midnight, the Impact's Progressive Torch and Twang brings you the best in alternative country and grassroots music. Only on Impact Primetime. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9, The Impact. Phone lines are open at 432-3893. And now, back to Exposure. Welcome into the basement. This is the Spartan Sports Rep. I am Daniel, a.k.a. Dan, D.D. Next to me is Juan. Across Rajid and to my left, the unnamed. The Rook. There he is, stepping <laughs> up to the plate, taking advantage of that airtime. Hey, here we go. We got ten minutes left, in, nine minutes left in this show. We've wrapped up the Tigers. We've wrapped up Michigan State football. I have to touch on this story in the world of sports. And hopefully parents are listening. Hopefully, Hopefully parents somewhere. are listening. <clears throat> Excuse me, in, in Mason, Hazlitt, wherever. This show stretches 30 miles in each direction. I just have dreams at night about how many people may be listening to my voice. <laughs> right. But you can listen to my voice throughout the week. www.impact89fm.com Click podcast. 
Click the Spartan Sports Rap archives and you can download our past shows and upload them to your iPod if you choose. Stay hip to your sports throughout the week. And if you'd like to read my articles, they are located at www.sportshort.blogspot.com. Um, I recently posted a men's basketball preview, which we will have most likely next week right. if the phones are on. Hey, and I posted a little World Series snippet in there, so you can check that out at www.sportshort.blogspot.com. But back to the story I was speaking of. And we'll get to Monday Night Pick'em. Don't worry about that. We got your boy T.O. on Monday Night Yes, tonight. we do. Hell yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, we yeah, do. Yeah. All right, a father. This is out of Philadelphia. A father pulled a gun on a youth football coach because his son wasn't getting enough playing time. What <laughs> is this world coming to, Juan? I don't know. That's that's a terrible story. I I thought I'd seen, you know. A game of six and seven-year-olds. Six and seven-year-olds. No shots were fired, but he was arguing with the coach when he drew the weapon, according to witnesses. He was charged with aggressive, aggravated assault and other offenses. So he is innocent until proven guilty, <laughs> but there's got to be a reason they're charging him with aggravated assault. Right. Okay. Duan, are parents too involved in too dictatorial in their kids' lives over sports. Yes, they are for the most part. Yes, they are. Were um, you were your parents like that? Did they say, "Juan, we get we're signing you up for little league football, little league baseball," or did you say, or did you come home with the flyer and say, "Mom, I want to do this. I want to do that." Yeah, I always had the option, you know, in my house, and my parents always supported me as far as playing sports. My brother and myself. So if we wanted to play it, you know, they always backed us and funded it and made sure we got to practice and all that good stuff. So I guess I got lucky. But for a lot of parents, though, they see they see the dollar signs, you know, involved in professional sports in the day and age that we live in. So if you have a son and, you know, he's not getting a chance to show his talent on any level on any stage, I guess parents feel now they have to take situations and matters into their own hands to make sure that their, their child is out there playing and performing on the Unfortunately, field. we know the case. Half the time, the kid it's not even good deserve enough. to be on the right, team. It's not good enough. But at the same time, the, the real tragedy here, stepping aside from him actually pulling a weapon on the coach, is that these are six and seven year old kids. You know, they're not even high schoolers. They're they're and not they, even middle you know, schoolers. My, make a wish, sentimental things right. aside. This is going to scar these kids for life. Yes, these uh, uh, watching a parent pull a gun on a coach. You're going to remember that for a while. Yes, that's the image that was sticking in any youngster's head you know especially you might have a kid who actually was doing good or who actually liked to play but would choose to you know go take up the piano or violin lessons or something like that just for the fact that they're scarred did you play an, did you play an instrument in high actually school? i did I, I played the clarinet in middle school and elementary school. <laughs> <laughs> wow and you're the you make fun of the my wish series that hey i do i mean it's, it's terrible we'll throw you in the clarinet box oh i'll be there hey our engineer kevin he plays multiple instruments, I believe, the bass guitar, the piano, among other things. So he's multifaceted back there behind the glass. You guys never get to hear his voice. It's a lot but, of talent floating around out here, But Dan. he gets the job done. But a 40-year-old father pulls a gun on a coach. Six- and seven-year-olds playing. This is unbelievable to me. But you knew this was going to happen sooner or later. We've had coaches punched in the face, bro broken right. noses, things like that. A gun. 
That's that's a whole new level. Yeah, that's a whole new level. Like. So is there legis? We're, we got five minutes left. Here. Is there legislation? Anything that the government can step in and do? Talk to me, Brigitte, former James Madison student <laughs> in the house, as is myself. <laughs> but but is there is there anything that you think the government or authorities can do to to prevent these parents from doing these drastic things just to get their kids some playing time? I mean, it seems difficult because who would honestly think going to a six- or seven-year-old's game that, you know, somebody's honestly going to whip out a gun? It just seems like it'd be too hard to monitor that. Um, Sorry, this this was during youth football. Youth Youth football. football. Sorry, I forgot to say the sport. Go on. And, um, I mean, who would honestly think that somebody would do that there? And, you know, it's not like they can patrol, you know, every six- or seven-year-old game, let alone, like, high school games and stuff. But there should definitely be stiff penalties. You know, people who do that should definitely be prosecuted with some type of, um, you know, some type of thing. And it's just very disappointing to see that happen in our society. But yeah, we, it does you, happen, you, we saw it coming. You saw it coming. First, first, it's the 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 coach, the the parent in the stands who won't stop yelling throughout the whole game. Yeah, normally. Then, then it's the parent who gets down on the sideline and yells in the coach's face. Then there's always the mom who calls the coach at school and says, <laughs> "My son's not get out of here." There's a reason your son's not getting enough playing time. Sign him up for the YMCA league. <laughs> get out of here. You know that's a that's a tricky balance that coaches play with the parents. Also, you know the referees and the umpires. You know they all they all play a tricky balance trying to maintain with with the parents as far as the way they treat their kids and and different issues like that. But just to echo it again, it's extremely sad to see that it will actually come to someone pulling a gun on on a coach to try to get their child out there on the playing field. Because in my opinion, that that parent should be banned from all sporting events. You know. Oh, absolutely. You got to be, mention fines in jail time. Fines in jail time, and not only that, what is the coach left to do? They now? Have, they have to send a message. This this is the only case I've heard of the, like this happening in America right. thus far. The, this case obviously has to set the precedent. Yeah. So you have aggravated to, assault. I don't know. It falls under the the guidelines of that law in the prosecution that falls under that. But they have to send a clear message. The The administration at the school has to set up something. Like any altercation, verbal or physical, with the coach, you're banned from sporting that. Got to be. You got to be. But not only that, the true victim here is a child. Oh, yeah. What are they going to do now? There's no way they could come back and play on that team. There's no way they can look their coach in the eye again. Right. There's no way they could even be involved with that entire situation. Seven, so. year, seven years old. How old are you? Fourth grade? Yeah, third, fourth grade. Third, depending third on and fourth grade yep. kids. It's not like... You can actually gauge your child's talent at that age, right? Exactly. It's in, all in a fun. sense, in a sense, you can in certain things fundamentally, but you cannot truly gauge your child's talent until they're you know they get go through puberty. At least thirteen. Mature. At least thirteen years old. Yeah, like, and it's not even like his kid was an all-American. Oh, unbelievable! It's all fun at that point. The biggest, the biggest worry, especially coming from used to play football, you know, the biggest thing that was stressed at 7, 8, 9, 10 years old was just, just to not get hurt while you're out there. Don't, you know, seriously hurt yourself while you're out there playing. That was the biggest goal. And then after that, it was try to have fun. Then if you found a way to win, that was just even better. But to come out and be so aggressive and so cutthroat at 6 or 7 years old where you're demanding that your child is in the spotlight and all of that stuff, that's just a shame. Yeah. Message to our parents. Hopefully they take it easy on the coaches. Let them have fun. It's all a game. At the end of the day, still life. Right. At the end of the show, it's still Dan. It's still Dewan, <laughs> Brigitte, and Steve. Stay with us. We'll be here next week, same time. Hopefully the phones will be working. 
when we bring to you the men's and women's hoops preview. And hopefully Murray Sager can join us next week, bearing that he does not have a game. But it has been the Spartan Sports Wrap. Thanks for joining us. Quickly, quickly, we will pick them around the horn. New York or Dallas tonight on Monday Night Football. I got to take Dallas. T.O.'s in the house. Definitely Dallas. Giants. I take the New York football Giants with the rookie. How can you take T.O.'s head case self, even though we did have three touchdowns last week, Juan? He's building. Your number one fantasy pick is finally starting to perform. That's right. And performing next on the Spartans, on the Impact, excuse me, none less than the Jazz Spectrum. Stay with us and listen to the beautiful jazz music coming up next. You have listening to the Spartan Sports Rep. Join us next week and stay with us for the Jazz Spectrum. Thanks for listening to the Spartan Sports Rep on Impact Exposure. Tune in next Monday at 7 p.m. for more commentary on your favorite teams. Thanks for listening to this evening's Exposure, only on 88.9 The Impact.